0: Sometimes my love may be put on hold Sometimes my heart may seem awful cold
1: What's up, everybody?
0: These times come
1: This is uh, AJ These times Go And uh, it's the Unnecessary Podcast It's a Thursday, and we're back down. We had a slowdown a labor slowdown on the part of lee fishman he had a bunch of stuff going on so it's cool we're gonna call him in a minute um that was mac demarco this old dog it's a new one we can keep it going while we call lee of course we're gonna do sound check while we talk to mr fishman Yeah, Mac DeMarco, this album came out like a week or two ago. It's called This Old Dog. He's got this like, he calls it slacker rock. It's kind of like psychedelic rock. Kind of stoner rock.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Hey, what's up, buddy?
0: What's going on there,
1: brother? Nothing, man. Just uh, recording and listening to music. And now I'm going to figure out sound on your end while we record because that's what we do. That's how we do it. Oh man, oh man. So, um, so how how the hell are you, buddy? You still intact, two arms, two legs? Yeah,
0: for the most part. Sometimes there's an extra limb in there somewhere, but oh shit, you know, so I'll figure it out in the end.
1: Nice. Um, so you were, uh, you were, uh, you were doing the three stival this past weekend. Is that correct?
0: Oh uh, yeah. Um, it was uh, two weekends ago, I believe.
1: Okay okay
0: um yeah it was a it was a great success
1: so that was may something uh, or other
0: yeah we probably had we had about uh maybe like 18 different bands uh like food vendors and food trucks and restaurants and all sorts of crazy stuff going on psychedelic arts and crafts and we had probably about 400 people roll through there uh, throughout the course of the weekend and, uh yeah, it was a great success. It, it only rained for a little bit on the one day, so I'll take that any day of the week.
1: That sounds like a really great success. Congratulations. Damn. Oh, thanks, buddy. That is, that's...
0: Yeah, so right now... Uh, man, so that's we're, cool. We're planning the next one for us, September, mid-September.
1: Fuck yeah, man. That sounds really great. Um, I have a lot of cool friends that do cool things, but that's that's near the top of the list, my friend. This is some cool-ass shit.
0: That well,
1: sounds cool. Um. Yeah. No. I wish. Uh, I wish I lived in the Northeast for many reasons, but but particularly for for this, I wish I could have been there. I wish I could have tried and failed to beat your high score on um, whatever that arcade game <laughs> was. The Star,
0: the Star Trek
1: Machine at Knoebos. Yeah, at Knoblo. But um. So you were <laughs> so so you were doing sets with time relapse. Is that correct? As time relapse.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we, uh, we played the first night, and then the second night we were excited to play again. However, around, like, I want to say midnight, uh, the cop showed up, and they were like, hey, uh, somebody complained from, like, a mile away, saying that their windows were shaking in their house. He oh, wow. <laughs> so was like, uh, can you guys turn the sound a bit, or we're going to have to shut you down. So we turned the bass down, everything was fine, and uh, it was a great time. <laughs>
1: Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> well, not the part where um, cops are being called, but but um, when did you guys go, uh, start playing? When did you go on?
0: Um, the first night, I think we played around, we played from like 10.30 to like 11.30. Nice. And then the headlining band, Consider the Source, uh, which they describe themselves as, uh, it's instrumental, it's, they call it sci-fi, Middle Eastern fusion. It's like kind of like carnival-y, kind of carnival music. Um, but really technically proficient and super progressive
1: that sounds really cool I would yeah I'm definitely going to get into them what what what's there, what are they called again consider the source uh,
0: they're called consider the source yeah they're they're pretty big in this area they're from New York um, they've toured all over the world um, really really cool um, we've been friends with them for a while we actually uh, bought their old drum set in uh, 20, 2012 or 2013 um, so we've kind of uh coming up in the same environment although they've been doing it for probably seven or eight more years than we have so they put the time in and they're definitely they're fucking really really good
1: i give them mad respect this sounds fucking dope dude hell yeah dude yeah they have a lot of a lot of really cool stuff i'm i'm loving this just like right off the bat i'm like oh i can tell i'm going to be listening to a lot of this Very cool, man. Well, thank you for introducing me to that. That was considered the source. Brother Nature was the name of that song.
0: Oh, that's a newer song.
1: Have you heard of uh, Two Bob Crew? The band called Two Bob Crew?
0: I know Two Live Crew.
1: <laughs> you ain't nothing but a hoochie mama. No, not that shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, <laughs> no not- I have not. Um... God, now you got me just thinking about Two live Crew. Two Bob Crew is a band from <laughs> Asheville, North Carolina, because why wouldn't they be? Um, but they, yeah. they are kind of a super chill um, jam band, but they play these like African instruments. Um, Dustin actually got me into them, and I'm going to see Dustin next week. But it's similar to what I just heard. But this is them. Uh so it's similar to consider the source, I feel like. Uh, just kind of a different Yeah. A very like weird string instrument. It's kinda like it's kinda like the string instrument version of like a steel drum. Although that would be an electric guitar or a steel guitar, but <laughs> it's it has a steel drum kind of feel. Yeah. Anyway. Um I wanna rewind a little bit. Um Can you walk me through, like, the setup process for, God, I want to know all about how you set up this festival and, and, you know, all the little details. How'd you market it? How'd you secure the space? Start there. Yeah,
0: I mean, we we actually had a, I wouldn't say a rocky get-go, but everything was kind of by the seat of our pants. We had done two festivals before this, but they were completely run on donations. So we did GoFundMe's. They were called the free Festival because they were free. Um, and you weren't required to pay for admission, but we said to everyone, you know, this, uh, this festival can only be as good as all the people who donate money and help us get there. Um, so both times, the first time we probably had 150 people. Um, and that was actually just supposed to be a birthday party for Anthony And it. The word got out just completely virally hmm. and, you know, went from there supposed to be 20 people there and just us playing a set. Uh, having like ten bands and camping overnight and having 150 people show up, so that was pretty crazy. And that was when we knew we had something going. We had enough word of mouth. You know, we've been we've been a band since early 2011.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so it's taken you know it's taken six, five, six years to finally get some groundwork done. And that's the thing with with uh, being in a band. If you can't, if you're not in it for the long haul, you're not going to make it.
1: Right. because
0: the the musical uh, landscape is just incredible now. The Internet and everything, nobody's making any money. Uh, so this year has really been the year of festivals, and, and a little bit last year, too, but everyone and their mother who has a band is throwing a music festival in Pennsylvania this year. So there's a lot of competition, but it's all about networking. We're all kind of working together. It's not like bands stepping over each other and putting each other down. Everybody's kind of working together because we know that if we don't work together, we're going to lose the bow music and it's just going to be, you know, uh, generic EDM and, uh, imagine dragons on the radio. That's going to be it. So we got to work together Ugh. and do something. Yeah. But, uh, just
1: the wall to wall yeah. chain smokers. Ugh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just terrible. But I mean, for people who aren't looking for anything too complicated, who aren't really deep down music fans, they're fans of being able to dance. You know what I mean? Um, then I think that's the real difference. It's music that is solely for uh, just mind dancing, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But at some point, you got to sit back and you got to listen to some, you know, listen to something with a little bit of substance to make you think about something. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. We're back to the, the setup of the free, of the the festival, so this was our third entry into the festival scene. Um, we actually had. We we didn't pay too much marketing. We did Facebook ads here and there, like $5, $10 ads, but nothing too crazy. Right. It was really all word of mouth and just people sharing our posts and just off from people who went to the free school who had such a good time to tell all their friends and then their friends are coming to the next one.
1: Nice. So
0: we had a pretty good buzz about it. Uh, We actually had to, a month before, we had to change venues because... Um, we, we were over way over capacity for the original venue that we huh. had that was right next to the Kenobles amusement park so we had to um, at the last minute just make a clutch decision to, to change venues uh, to this place called Hookie's Grove probably four times the size of the place that we had uh, plenty of room for parking and camping and all that kind of stuff it wow. covered pavilions and facilities yeah so it was a big time upgrade Wow um, so that that was crazy and that got the word out even more that you know the festival had to change to a bigger venue because so many people are coming and that made people even crazier about
1: it nice so really facebook is is what
0: what crushed it for us um without that it it would have been a lot tougher but that's the beauty of facebook you know
1: wow that's a uh, great that's a great example of how the internet can ruin the music industry and also help it out
0: yeah because I mean it ruins your ability to make music on product Mm. In order to make money on products, I'm sorry. It ruins your ability to make money on products, but it allows you to get the word out for events. Right. And that's the new thing. It's not buy my CD, it's not buy my poster, It come to my event and spend your money on the actual musicians that are playing, not their products. You get to see it firsthand and you get the whole experience. It's really just, it's like a new wave of music. It's, it's the new Woodstock, but instead of it being Woodstock, it's like every weekend there's something. So it's really a crazy time. Uh, everything is changing very rapidly. Uh, for the better, I think, um, I think as the music that was recorded got more and more produced and lost more and more of its soul, this was really the only way it could go is back to the live element, getting that whole experience of seeing the band and hearing the songs dynamically, not just you know the album burning over and over and over again. Now you're hearing different parts and improvisations and Musicians from other bands are getting up and playing with different bands. We had um, the guitar player for Consider the Source, Gabe, who plays a double-neck guitar. A hmm. set, uh, one of the necks is fretless. Uh, and he jammed with us for, like, ten minutes. Just like, It was just a cool jam. And, I mean, we had the keyboard player from the other uh, band that was headlining out of the Beard Space. Hmm. Um, he jammed with us as well, and that was fun. And then out of the Beard Space also has their own festival called Beard Fest. And they get, like, sets set of people. Uh, going to that thing—it's like at a beach in New Jersey. So I mean, it's really just the festival uh, scene is
1: really coming up right now. Wow, that's really cool. There's so many um, points I want—I want to hit on that you were talking about there. You talked about people paying for the experience versus the product. I feel like we may have talked about this on the pod, but um, you like um, when you when. sociologists or whoever analyzes social media trends. they see that younger people, um, spend a lot more time posting about experiences, places they've gone events. They're going to places they're seeing, um, hiking, travel, whatever that may be. And then older people are, are still showing the things that they have or, or the family that they're around, obviously being older. But, um, the, like that's a big thing where younger people spend money on experiences in general. So that's cool. And it makes sense that the music industry would follow. Um, my question to you, uh, back to the three stival is how did you secure that first, um, venue location? And then how did you secure the, the upgrade location?
0: Um, well, the cool thing about central Pennsylvania is that it's made up of all these little small towns, and everybody in the towns knows each other, and everybody in the neighboring towns knows everybody from the other towns. So everything is, everybody's like a friend of a friend of a friend of your aunt, of your aunt's, like, friend. So right. there's always connections to be made. You can, you know, people just ask around, and it's like it's like a bartering system almost. You know, you help me out, I help you out. So the owner of the first venue, uh, Multi-Portlet by Knobles, was an old friend of Anthony, the other guy in time lapse of his sister. So that just happened. you know he just you know they used to party there all the time when they were in high school. so we got this great venue with like an established campground there's a stage with like electricity built in, um, porta potties and showers and, and all this kind of stuff hmm. um, outlets for RVs. So it was just really a perfect spot for a you know medium level, they're like small to medium level festival, you know. We had like, I think we had like 350 people come through at the second free festival. That was in October of last year. Um, so we were going to have it at the place again. We had 350 people there, and that place was packed. Like, you could not fit one more car in there. We would have had to start uh, t- uh, turning people away if we had, had any more people show up. So it really worked out in our favor. But this time, we sold more pre sale tickets than we sold total. almost that we sold total tickets last time.
1: Um, <laughs>
0: Nice. Money wise, because it was just on donations. So we sold pre sale tickets for $33, which is the lowest pre sale ticket you will ever find. Other festivals are doing $50 pre sale tickets, $100 at the gate, 65 at pre sale, 85 at the gate, True. like these super expensive festivals. Um, so we did $33, and in retrospect, that <coughs> was a really risky move because we came really close to annihilation a couple of times. <laughs> um, but we, we pulled up, yeah, yeah, it came, it came close. Uh, we pulled it together and, uh, made it happen. But, um,
1: so wow. that, was your
0: question.
1: <laughs> that is so cool, man. Um, you think, oh man, have you ever thought about doing like a go fund me for next year or, uh, or just do the same way? Well,
0: that, that, that's how we did the free civil is we did it for GoFundMe. me. Cool. Um, this time, because we, we needed to sell tickets, because um, at the original festivals all the bands played for free. And we told them beforehand, listen, like, we would love to have you come play. We can't pay you. We're not making any money. We're just trying to break even. If not, you know, lose a hundred bucks. So or lose a couple hundred bucks. I'll be fine. You know, whatever. So they were like, yeah, man, we'll definitely come support the cause. Like, everybody just wants to hear music. Cool, cool. This time, our headlining bands and some of the other bands and, you know, just uh, deposits and costs of... Uh, the trash and porta potties and all the little things that you don't see behind the scenes. We really needed to charge money, which we didn't want to do. But that's why we called it the three civil. We made it $33 pre-sale for three days of uh, camping. Uh, there were uh, 21 bands, which is a multiple of three. I thought that one out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we we did the tickets through this website called brownpapertickets.com, dot com, um, mm-hmm. and they can, they take they take Visa, Mastercard, all the different stuff, PayPal. So we didn't have to worry about it. They right. take like you know three three and a half percent of the total ticket sales. Not not too crazy, right? Um, but yeah, we we just we had to pay. We had to show out some some pretty uh, big bucks for some of the bigger bands and the venue and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, we, we thought about doing a GoFundMe but then we just decided to go with the straight uh, brown paper tickets because when you buy a ticket on there they send you a physical ticket or you can do it on your phone it gives you like a QR code on your phone right. or you can print it out at home so it's just, it's just all inclusive we just didn't one, one less thing for us to worry about and uh, we had plenty of stuff uh, to keep us busy other than just worrying about the tickets so it worked out
1: no fuss no muss I like that smart
0: exactly yep
1: working smarter not harder exactly so let's and get back really came out of the woodwork to help <clears throat> i was gonna say let's get back to the working harder part because um, you certainly did that too what uh where, where were these other bands sourced from uh the philly area all over pennsylvania or, or what
0: um yeah um consider the sources originally from new york uh their drummer lives in new jersey right um out of the beard space is a pa band uh we have this really cool band called medusa's disco Um, They're like a psychedelic rock. Um, Super tight. It's also kind of like carnival music.
1: Um, (laughs) Nice. Medusa's Disco?
0: Medusa's Disco, yeah. the live stuff is really awesome. I've never heard their album stuff, but they did just come out with a new album called Ripe. And I believe that's on Spotify and iTunes and all that kind of stuff.
1: Did you say rice or ripe?
0: Ripe as in like a fruit.
1: Sure. Or as in like how British people say rape. Ripe. No, ripe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, oh yeah, I guess so. Ripe.
0: <laughs> that's a RIPE.
1: Yeah. He was accused of ripe. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Also,
0: <laughs> yeah. Not that rape really was funny at all. Just uh just accent.
1: No, yeah, yeah, exac exactly Lee. Thank you. Wordplay is what's funny here. That's what we're harping on.
0: I think that I am I'm I'm okay with the whole PC movement.
1: Like I don't won't make fun of people if it hurts their feelings. But accents will always be funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> they just always will. For um it's active life. Yeah, I, I think um yeah, obviously context is everything, right? So this is what people don't oh, under yeah. this is what like anti politically correct people don't understand is that like which is, took me a lot, me a long time to understand is like, I'm just not allowed to make certain black people jokes around certain people. Even if there, if, even if it's just white people, like it's, it's, I have to be so, like a certain level of closeness or comfortability. Like my roommate, I'll make fucking watermelon jokes all day long. Cause the dude walks around eating fucking watermelon and talking about, Ooh, this is good. Like <laughs> he's, he's a goddamn caricature, dude. He's like putting cocoa butter on that's his funny. feet and going, "Man, this watermelon's good. <laughs> It's like, dude, you are. It's so funny, um, but I can't like you know. The, so everything's context, but but mo- in most cases, people aren't discriminated against because of their accent. Therefore, fucking free game. Um, that's yeah. why that's why positive stereotypes are okay. Like it's there's interesting dynamics about being an oppressed people, but accents um, are, are not you an indicator of, of discrimination. Usually it's, you know, your color of your skin or what gender you are or your religion.
0: Yeah, what you can see.
1: Yeah, so accents will always be funny. Fucking, bo- my favorite, I think, is a, a heavy Boston accent is my favorite. Yeah,
0: that's a good
1: one. Have we talked about this on the pod? I talk about fucking hilarious accents all the time.
0: Yeah,
1: it's just, it's always a good topic to go back to. <laughs> it's always a g- Oh, boy. We have fun. Um, yeah, yeah my, yeah. my na- so my best friend here in Colorado, Heather, um, she is from Wis- Wisconsin and oh no, get the bag. Oh no, I forgot to get a bag of weed. Like she's, it is so, oh, it's so funny. Oh, Hey, did you get a bag of weed? And, um, she, and she's I also like, out. yeah, yeah. She's fucking so far. She's Marge Gunderson. Oh, no. Uh, nice.
0: Um, oh, hey, Marge.
1: I don't think that's uh, good. I think that's some pretty shoddy police work there, Norm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a great movie.
1: Dude, Fargo is uh, the best. Um, and, oh, man. So many topics. It's really one of the best. It's, it's
0: got to be one of the best movies ever made all around. Just like um,
1: package. Oh, dude. <laughs> I was... I was really high yesterday, which is, suffice to say, I'm high every day, so that, you know, I don't really have to preface it with that. But um, yesterday I was thinking, like, it just came to me that Steve Buscemi looks like an albino Somalian pirate. (laughs) I can see
0: it.
1: (laughs) Because, like, Somalians have that, like, alien-like look where their eyes are, like, googly. Like, they look like... They look like if you took an Ethiopian and you just squeezed its neck till its its head started popping out, its eyes popped out. I'm de-captain okay. now. So, I'm
0: de-captain no. now. Look at me. <laughs> I never saw that.
1: Neither did I. I can just do the voice. Um, yeah, just that one thing. <laughs> um anyway, so <laughs> so, so many topics. We got to go back to Fargo in a minute, but I want to talk about my friend Heather. Because she, she has that uh, beautiful Wisconsin accent. She says she can't kick it. She's lived in Australia for years. She lived in Florida. She lived in, Den- in Colorado for a couple few years. But also from the ages of 1 to like 10, she lived in Oregon. And then from 10 to 17, she moved to Wisconsin. So she didn't even grow up technically in Wisconsin. She spent her formative years in Wisconsin. So puberty
0: in Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, puberty shig- in Wisconsin. she grew her fucking tits. That's <laughs> where she grew her fucking tits. Um, yeah. But that didn't happen till Wisconsin. But that's just interesting how, like, that's where her brain formed. And then we were talking about yeah. it. And I'm like, yeah, it's like learning a, a fucking instrument or, or a foreign language. Like, you got to jam it in there. Uh, at a certain age. Usually that happens earlier, but that's why it's so fascinating that she she only lived there for like, I don't know, six years, seven years, I think she said. Um, but it, it's yeah. stuck with her now she's thirty-one and she hasn't lived in Wisconsin for fucking thirteen years. Uh it's pretty it's cool. Yeah,
0: isn't aging weird <laughs>
1: Aging is weird. And here... Uh, well, then there's the other side of the coin where there's people like Madonna who goes to London for 16 months and just, hello that gabna, What's all this then? Yeah, sure you know? Um, I think... And so I think Heather and I started intellectualizing this and talking and um, she has ADHD that she does not medicate uh, often, which is fucking hilarious and evident, you know, typical. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she's so smart and, and, and just a, a great person. But, um, oh man, now I'm having ADD, but she was saying how, um, she doesn't listen, like she'll, she'll space out and she has trouble. I don't know. There's like a part of your brain that tunes into that. And like, I think she's also tone deaf. Like, I don't think she could sing real well. And like, I think there's a link there. Like Madonna, for example, was had, was more influenced by being around people with an accent than Heather was. You know what I mean?
0: Right. And plasticity,
1: yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. And it's like this interesting part of your brain that has nothing to do with intelligence or but it's this weird, like Madonna's more tuned in and obviously being a singer her whole life, she's forced to, to obsess over frequency and pitch, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: My dad would talk more like I mean he always had a thick, heavy Bronx accent. Um I'll call up my dad. But dad, what are you doing today? Well, I gotta go to the grocery store. Then I gotta go to the pharmacy. But sometimes the pharmacy is in the grocery store, so it's easy. He sounds like Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Late career Al Pacino. Um, yeah. Yeah, because early, early, uh, I can't do early, um, early career Pacino. Maybe, uh, maybe he we should go after voice. him. Maybe we should go after him. Just it's kind of shy. You know, don't have a disrespect to family. It's like kind of normal. And then it's over the top. You got it started with Scent of a Woman. Ooh, ah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, basically. And then he's just like,
0: that's just how he
1: talks. It's a game of inches. <laughs> Go out there, Jamie Foxx. You yeah. know? But, um,. Yeah. Anyway, when my dad was at work, he was able to dial it down a little bit. But I think it was just being around everyone else, and also it it almost like accessed a different part of his brain when he was at work because it was he was in finance. Okay. So, anyway, you
0: had to talk a
1: little more normal. I I don't know. Yeah, he's kind of a savant. Like he was a genius with finance, but kind of an idiot with everything else, including like had <laughs> like, like like he's great with his own finances and had a make a create wealth in finance uh, and be a stockbroker, but he doesn't know how to like handle his personal affairs. He doesn't know how to regulate his emotions. It's fucking tragic as hell. Um He, he like he, he, tr- he went to a therapist for about a minute and was like, I don't need this. It's like, all right.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But, um, so I want to get back to the three stival because I have some more questions. Uh, what kind of food was there?
0: Um, we had a food truck uh, called Sack Lunches. Uh, we had them at both the other festivals. and their food is amazing. Um, oh, they made these chicken tacos. The chicken was uh, marinated with coffee, chocolate, and chili. Wow. It was seasoned with coffee, chocolate, and chili. Yeah, it was the best taco I've ever had. Um, it was two for five dollars. Um, nice But they gave me three Just cause You know I'm in charge um, uh-huh. So I, I gave them a little extra But So I did that Four times So I got three tacos Four times <laughs> Over the course of
1: I love how this is like over A, over a highlight It the
0: is they were there Yeah It was so, I was telling everybody about it They were so good um, They had a lot of They had like a, a Chicago style Brisket sandwich That people said was really good Oh shit um, I literally only got the tacos Because they were just that good Right um, we also had this, uh, pop-up restaurant that, pop- that uh, operated in one of the, uh, covered pavilions with pieces under
1: it. That's so uh, cool.
0: Yeah, they were, they were called the Tipsy Gypsy, <laughs> um, and they made, like, om- they made omelets and, like, uh, pina coladas, and, uh, what else did they have? I don't know,
1: I was, uh... I was <laughs> the Tipsy a Gypsy is... Gate, so I didn't steal. Oh, man, that's a yeah. perfect yeah. name for a fucking pop-up restaurant at a festival yeah the tipsy gypsy it rhymes it's fucking it's perfect it's it's fitting to the moment yep um so yeah, we're, were awesome. did a so was uh did a lot of people st- like uh camp out overnight or or what, what what was the biggest day it was a three-day festival right
0: um well we got there. Uh, well, the, the sound or the, the lighting technician uh, Steve got he got there on Wednesday uh, with a, a crew of uh, three guys to start building the stage. Wow! Um, and setting up like stuff for the lighting and just kind of working uh, to see what, what the best way to do everything is. Um, so they were there. They got there Wednesday at like five o'clock and worked uh, probably until like two or three a.m. Uh, the next day, Thursday, uh, that's when I got there, I got there around 1230 in the afternoon, um, and they were still building the stage, we were going around, and there's there was a kitchen in there, uh, with, uh, like an industrial-sized freezer, so we had to get all that situated, and, uh, get everything set up, and get the, the porta potties, and, like, the garbage, and all that kind of stuff, um set up the gate, so we did it all that on Thursday, Friday the gates opened at 10am, um, and that was when we got our first people, Nice. Um, and people just, I, I worked the gate for, for pretty much most of it, so I got to, it was cool, I got to meet every single person that came into the festival right. while working at the gate, and you know, have had them sign a waiver, and I gave every car a garbage bag, um, and wristbands, so yeah, it was, that was a pretty fun experience.
1: Um, God, that's so cool. Do you have video?
0: Um, I I mean, there's probably video somewhere. I don't have any video personally. Right. Um, it was. I mean, it's just. It was a time-lapse production, so it's just me and Anthony. We were running this whole festival just a two-man operation. Right. Right, I mean, well, like the other festivals in Pennsylvania, right. There's like Peace of Mind Music Festival. They have thousands of people. Uh, Dome Fest. They have thousands of people, Beard Fest, they have thousands of people, and they have crews of, like, you know, 10, 20 people doing all this stuff. They have Terry you know, Crews? That's so amazing. They would, yeah, they have, yeah, they got, they got Terry Crews doing <laughs> shit.
1: <laughs> they got crews of Terry Crews.
0: So it, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so it was a, a pretty uh, intense and crazy experience.
1: Well, listen, my friend. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put my my name down right now. You sign me up. I'm coming next year. I'll, I'm gonna make some time. And I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring a camera. What do you think about that? Yeah.
0: Well, we're trying to do two a year. So we're, right now we're planning the next one for September fifteenth
1: and sixteenth uh, that weekend. Well, that's cool. That's my mom's uh, wedding day. Oh, nice. Yep. And then I'm we getting out September, of town.
0: September fifteenth, 16th, 17th.
1: Nice, well, you heard it here first, guys. The three stable, September fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth. Nice. Oh yeah. And what's that? Three hundred and thirty three dollars a ticket. That's good.
0: Oh well, I think we're actually uh, in the in the middle of a name change because uh, this the three Stival is our first, you know, real pay buy tickets festival right so it was just the third one so we called it that so now we're trying to establish ourselves right uh with a, a better name so we've been going just straight going to
1: tub girl straight to tub girl festival 2017 <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think so, i don't uh, think uh, that's taken what was it we're, uh, we're we're definitely definitely taking suggestions.
0: what was it hein 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 Ein, uh, Yeah. Yes, Time Fest is what we're uh, leaning towards right now, but it's not totally settled.
1: Oh, Pine Fest.
0: Time Fest. We'll have melted clocks everywhere.
1: Oh, Time Fest. Okay, Time Fest.
0: Yes. Nice. Like like time relapse.
1: Oh, I see. A little product tie-in. Hmm. Hmm.
0: I actually, I just downloaded Spotify for the first time today. Um... Anthony was like, hey, have you ever checked out our channel on Spotify? It's got 164 of our songs Nice uh, from all our albums. And I was just like, oh, that's cool. So I downloaded it, and it gives you a nice shuffle of just all the material that we've ever put out.
1: That's funny. I'm not a Spotify guy. I'm more of, I do Pandora, but YouTube Red is all I do. Yeah, I've never used
0: it before. We we might be on Pandora. I'm not 100% sure.
1: Yeah, I'm just a YouTube guy these days. It's kind of my exclusive
0: yeah, I don't like the subscription stuff. Right. Although
1: I do subscribe to YouTube Red because fuck those commercials. Yeah, YouTube Red is is really where it's at, man. For the price, it's it's pretty incredible. 10
0: bucks?
1: Like, come on, yeah. Because I'm I'm shuffling through shit. I mean, I have, I I I wanna, you know, the internet's ruined my attention span, so I just want to rifle through shit. Oh and yeah, big time. Halfway through a song, yeah. next song, you know, next.
0: Yep. Mm. Yeah, I do not have time for commercials on YouTube. I do not have time.
1: I do not have time, sir. Nope. Um, speaking of not having time, I don't know if, uh, well, any, last, any last thoughts on, on um, Threestival? Any, any last... I'm sure I have more questions, but anything, anything to wrap it up um, for now? Cause...
0: I, I would just say, for me personally, I never would have imagined the amount of work that we that we had to put in, and the amount of things that almost went wrong. Hmm. And I, I said to Anthony at one point, when um, the the week before the festival. So the free, the festival started on the Friday. So on the Sunday of the beginning of that week, uh, the weather forecast was just a, a monsoon, twenty four seven rain Ooh. from Thursday to Sunday, hundred percent chance downpour. So we're freaking out, you know what I mean? We have to make all our money at the gate. It was 33 pre-sale. We had to charge $60 at the gate to try to get our money back. Yeah. So we're, we're basically charging double, at, or I half for the pre-sale. You're getting half price tickets. Right. So that was how crazy of a margin that was. Um, but I said to Anthony when that the weather forecast was like that, I was like, listen, big things can go wrong, but I was like, right now, between now and Friday, we just need Probably 10 to 20 little victories, just little things that go right, just one after another. 10 to 20 more of those, and we'll be in the clear. And that was the mindset we went in with, and that is exactly what happened. Every time something went wrong, we just made with our intention, you know, five little things go right in order to correct that big wrong. And that was how we, we worked it, and it just, it just plowed, we plowed right through it, and uh, it was a. Smashing success. So thank you to all the three civil goers.
1: And yes. <laughs> that's awesome, man. I was thinking about asking you how the weather was, but I'm like, that's a boring question, but that's that's, that's a good story.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so that was the weather at the beginning. It was downpour 24 7. Mm-hmm. What actually happened was it rained uh, kind of sporadically on Thursday while we were setting up. That was fine, whatever. Friday, it didn't rain at all. And then probably nine o'clock 10 o'clock friday night it started like drizzling just a little bit and then by 3 a.m it was raining not downpour but just enough that you wouldn't want to be just standing outside with nothing over you um so it did that and then it, it got a little bit lighter during the day like the afternoon and then it stopped by like eight o'clock and then that was the end of the rain so i mean from 24 7 monsoon to that it was a pretty good deal
1: yeah totally that's a that's a that's a scare. <laughs> it's like come on, fucking. time. Yeah, we were
0: we were sweating pretty hard on that.
1: Mm. Boy, oh boy. And I mean,
0: if it, it, it honestly, it, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. The weather. We were pretty packed in there. the The whole venue with with all the cars that were there because it was overnight camping. You know, Friday night into Saturday, Saturday into Sunday. So pretty much. All the cars, there were a lot of cars with just one or two people. There were some cars with three people, some cars with four people, but we had a lot of cars in there, and there was not much more space that could have been had. Right. So, I mean, if it had been beautiful and sunny and 75 degrees, we might have gotten another 200 people that we wouldn't have been able to fit as comfortably as we were able to fit. Oh, you know, the amount you of might have,
1: have been there. fucked.
0: Yeah, we could, so we're, yeah, So this, this next uh, festival, Time Fest, if it will be called that, um, might be our last one at this venue, so we have to upgrade to something bigger.
1: Damn, son, dude, you're starting something. This is cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's a crazy time.
1: Hmm. Yeah, you didn't you didn't want to end up with a jaw rule situation on your hands.
0: Well, it's tough. It's like, how do you make money? Nobody's buying stuff. They're just downloading it or streaming it. You're not making money from streaming your music unless you're like Lady Gaga. Um, right. Yeah, even touring, you know what I mean? T- touring is tough, too, to get a, a guarantee at a bar, and, or if you're working at how, how, if there's a cover, if there's a $5 cover. and I mean, what if only 20 people come through? And then you got, you know, there's me, Anthony, and then if we're touring with our drummer, Jacob, that's three people, plus um, we have to have at least one more person with us just for, you know, merch and right. lighting and all that kind of
1: stuff. Plus the cocaine, um, that's like so if, another person.
0: Yeah, exactly. The drug mule. So it's it's really tough to make money, and you're losing money on gas. On you know, you're putting all the miles on your car. If it breaks down, food. You know, you're not cooking. You're just on the road, so you have to buy food, which is more expensive than you know buying at Walmart and making food at home. So it's just it's really tough to recoup your losses. So what, the the best thing to do is just have a stationary festival where we have our expenses plotted out, and we can charge exactly the amount we need to make the money.
1: Very cool, um, Yep. Boy, oh boy, you're uh, you're making it happen there, sir. Yeah,
0: man, it's a crazy time. Crazy time to be alive. God damn
1: it. You should. Um, I mean, I do political action stuff. You should next year. Reach out to like whatever it poli- like, I mean my political action committee or whatever. You should. You can do um, some like targeted marketing to them and. And be like, hey, just, you know, buy five tickets or buy four tickets and, and, and we'll let you set up a table um, to, to sign people up for your cause.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the kinds of people who are coming to our festival are definitely, um, you know, worried about the, the state of the environment and the state of politics and all that kind of stuff. People who you know, are into that kind of stuff, so it would probably be a good partnership.
1: Um, did you charge a vendor fee for, for, like, the artists and the other stuff?
0: Um, yeah, we do charge vendor fees. Um, very reasonable. Right. Um, and we don't, we don't take a percentage of sales, so it's just like a flat rate. And, you know, the food truck was there for two days, um, charging five bucks for two tacos. So, mm. I mean, they had to have done well.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I think so. That's a good deal. It's a win- that's a win-win.
0: Yeah, it was also, I mean, there was just, there was always food until, you know, they left at, like, five in the morning uh, to, to go get more stuff, and then they came back the next day at, like, they they went there for lunch, which I thought was kind of weird. They got there at, like, three o'clock, um, I guess because of the rain, but, I mean, it was cool. You could get, you know, just go get fresh, awesome food straight hot off a grill at, like, four in the morning. It's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is nice. That. So so wait, did you just say fresh hot off the grill at 4 a.m.? Hot off the grill at
0: 4 a.m., my friend.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, good on them. Smart. Yep. That's that's another win-win, my friend.
0: Super smart.
1: <laughs> what was that?
0: I said super
1: smart. Yeah, I know, I know, I heard you. I heard you, but, but, like, I didn't... I heard you! I didn't understand the context. <laughs> of this other person that was... Like, if that was a reference to, to like, a movie. No, just,
0: just a reference to... A, just goofy just a voice?
1: Just goofy voice. Oh, boy. Just, just a goofy voice! Oh, hello. Oh... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh man. So I'm going to pivot the subject starting now. (laughs) I have a friend who, if we're all talking, he'll raise his hand and go, Joke coming. Or (laughs) he'll raise one finger in the air, Joke coming. Um,
0: Yeah, it's it's
1: fucking hilarious. And because then, like, because if it's a good joke, then it's like funny, good joke. But if, if it's anything but a great joke, you're like, it, you know it's going to be a dud. Like, there's a good chance this is going to be a dud. <laughs> so when a yeah, yeah. joke coming, like, it's, that in itself is fucking hilarious. So I do it with my girlfriend, and, yeah. and God bless her. She thinks it's funny. Oh, that's great. Dude, I'll fucking say shit to her, and she's just laughing, and then I keep talking, and she keeps laughing. And I'm like, this is like a dream come true. What's like, happening? I'm like, you know, you really know how to fucking push my buttons the right way. Ben, um, yep. she has a great laugh. But, but also I'm like, I'm like, why are you, how is this funny? Like, because I'm a weirdo. <laughs> so to me, like, all my oh, weird, huh? bizarre thoughts are just normal, you know? Yeah. It's so. normal, you know? It's good stuff.
0: What
1: is normal? There is no normal. Oh, my, my health teacher in high school said normal's just a setting on a washing machine. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, he was a fucking Jew, of course.
0: Yeah, I killed
1: him. Mr. Levine, he was hilarious. He had a whole bunch of fucking catchphrases. He he would say, um, "You know, AJ, I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I said to Daniel Goldberg, who was three years older than me." He goes, "I'm gonna say what I said to Danny Goldberg." Uh, you, you hang out with the trash, you're going to start to stink. Because I, <laughs> I was like a good kid that hung out with the kids that smoked cigarettes. <laughs> He's
0: like a Brooklyn cop?
1: No, he was like a, a fucking nerdy, um, lanky Jewish guy who was like, you don't think I'm hip? I smoke the pot. I know the pot. Like, just a, a good, like he probably played fucking rec league basketball kind of thing. No. Just just like a real mensch, you know what I mean? And like, just like a really oh, good geez, guy. Mensch. And he would like talk to us like real people. It was a dope class. We actually, dude, we learned about, I learned all about STDs and I learned the difference between an STI and an STD and fucking the different types and the treatment for each and how serious each is. And then we did the same thing for drugs. And, um, it wasn't abstinence only and it wasn't all drugs are bad and, and then we we each did projects where we picked a particular drug to focus on. And I'll never fucking forget this. Brian Cassano, who owns his own pizza place now. Um, he was an amazing guitarist. Yeah. Um, he he was an amazing guitarist um, in like middle school and high school. He would he would listen to a fucking Almond Brothers song or Clapton song two or three times, and he'd be able to kind of play it after three or four times of listening to it. Just this this fucking genius. Um and he was a, a beautiful guitar player too, but anyway, he made a video, this is like junior year of high school, he made, he made a video about interviewing people about um, mushrooms, kind of doing like a PSA about psychedelic mushrooms, um, yeah. like the end of the video, he turns it off, and it was really well done, and Mr. <laughs> so throughout the video, everyone's smoking cigarettes, <laughs> This kid was such a degenerate. Like, he like had the chance to like have people smoking cigs and saying the word fuck all the time on camera, so he took full advantage. Um, And it was yeah, so it's like a really well done video, like a like a five or ten minute video about like interviewing people and their bad experiences with drugs. And um, the video ends, and the lights come on, and Mr. Levine walks in front of class. He's like, Brian, that was really good. He was like. I'm a little concerned. A lot of that sounded really accurate. <laughs> he was like, the part about hearing hearing colors and seeing sounds. <laughs> he was like, you've never done this, have you? <laughs> and Brian was like, no, 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 no.
0: <laughs>
1: Fucking hilarious.
0: That's
1: awesome. Oh, so funny, dude. But, um... And and meanwhile, you compare that to my fucking girlfriend's high school in New Mexico. It was like the goddamn movie Kids, where there's just AIDS fucking going around. And school is just a joke. Like, it is just yeah. awful. Like, um, Like in The Simpsons, when they joke about the textbooks, like they make funny references about the textbooks being out of date or whatever. It's like that. Yeah. Um, nah.
0: That's crazy. Just no funding.
1: What was your high school like? Did you have health class?
0: Um, yeah, I had health class. My uh, my high school was pretty well funded. Um, Upper Dublin is just like a, a middle to upper middle
1: class. Oh, we're going to Upper Dublin. I,
0: yeah, Dublin.
1: oh, sorry, you mean Pennsylvania. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty normal, like, we never really had fights, um, everybody was pretty docile, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, it was pretty uneventful.
1: Right. Yeah, we didn't really have fights either. Big theater, fucking high school, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, we had a lot of theater in our school. Ooh. Um... Our friend Danny oh. our friend Danny teaches high school math, and he's fucking hilarious. Yeah. He talks all the time about he just goes off topic, as, as like, of course he does, because, like,
0: yeah.
1: he's he is as self-righteous as, as any of us, certainly as, as I am, <laughs> you know? He just has to get his... I,
0: could, I wish that I could sit in. I wish I could sit in another class.
1: You're right, dude. We should ask him to record it. I wonder if that violates any fucking yeah. privacy laws. But yeah he'll yeah, just he'll, he'll just talk about how awful like whatever politician de jour or um, make whatever commentary on you know sports or pop culture and and just be himself and I'm sure he, I'm sure he's a really good teacher for that reason and uh, and yeah. others but um man he in his high school he that he teaches at he said that they teach abstinence only education essentially because they they're too lazy and too underfunded and kind of too divided on the issue but i think it's mostly the underfunded thing where they're like ah fuck it like we can barely get them to do math kind of thing
0: yeah yeah that's crazy
1: but it's despicable i mean at least give them a fucking link to a website like that that could suffice like a one a one hour assembly where you just you you put it. You say we're gonna we're gonna email. We're gonna print. The, you know, give you a bunch of websites to go to, and uh, read up. And since it's about sex and drugs, like I don't know. I I mean a lot of people aren't like me, but I'm obsessed with learning things. And if it's about sex and drugs, doubly so. <laughs> <Jubilee>. Yes, indubitably. <laughs> mm.
0: Yeah, I actually I saw I saw a funny. Uh video on Facebook, just like a three-minute video equating life to an RPG video game. And mm. it had one great line where it said, uh, the only bad thing is that you have to go through 18 years of tutorial, and then once you're done with the tutorial, you realize that <laughs> the tutorial had nothing to do with the rest of the game. <laughs> and that's pretty much it.
1: Oh, so man. True. Yeah, yeah, they don't prep us for anything.
0: Nope, not for nothing.
1: I talk about... I talk about this so much, man. We've talked about this. Psychology is, um, is something that you don't learn until college, really. And, and, and that's only if you fucking study psychology, right? Uh, you never yeah. learn about yeah. sociology ever. So I didn't learn about these things until year 16 of, of organized schooling. And I'm like, what the f-? why the fuck didn't I learn about the, the psychologist that, sh- that influenced Hitler more than anything else in his fucking life? Um, philosophically like why don't I know about this guy and his b- groundbreaking theories on crowd psychology which relate to yeah. modern day politics um, but, but so- psychology is also so simple We're like I feel like I can totally teach a 10 year old um, what we consider advanced psychological topics it's just because we've complicated our lives and our own psyches that we don't understand how simple things can be you know like denial or projection yeah Projection is so simple, and denial is, is so simple, but um, I forget where I was, uh, oh yeah, going with this, but yeah, school doesn't prep us for anything, and psychology would be the easiest thing to fucking teach, and then personal finance, um, you know, representative government, uh, how you can participate, and then, you know, how to start businesses, but yeah, all that shit, easy.
0: Yeah, I mean psychology is the human experience, the the study
1: of the human experience kind of. Mm-hmm. I started a new job a couple months ago and and you know, I picked up the job in 2 weeks. I was able to start doing it and then after about a month and especially about after 2 months, I was so comfortable with the job like I I really felt so comfortable with it, you know? Um, from being from yeah. a completely different industry, I'm selling software and technology when I never did, um, as well as a different process. In addition, different industry. Um, wow. My my sociology teacher in in Penn State. We talked a lot about educational theory, and she said she fought with Penn State for years to try and change the curriculum from having a semester um, with five classes that you take at once or four classes. And she was like, that's not how you learn in the fucking real world. Like you learn one subject for two weeks and then you get it. And as an adult, like you can pick up anything in two weeks, you can learn a new job and um, it should be the same way. Like you should have three or four weeks to study two topics very intensely. And after four, after a month, like you're going to know algebra or statistics super well, you know?
0: Yeah, you just do it every day instead of
1: doing, like, five things a day. Yeah, yeah, and, and especially when you look at being in high school, like, fucking nine... Th- when on earth do you ever do nine things in a day? It's weird. Yeah, it's crazy,
0: yeah.
1: And when are you ever... Like, real life is you have access to unlimited resources and you need to fucking... You need to navigate your, your self a life, you know? Yeah. In these schools in like Scandinavia, these very progressive schools, it's, it's, it always moves towards, um, you present the child resources and guidance if they ask and, and you always provide them more information when they want more and they're, and humans naturally evolve and progress just like trees always want to grow. Like humans have this brain capacity and, and there's an urge to fulfill it, a genetic urge. So kids want to learn and they'll naturally go towards things they want to learn about. It's just, we never give people that opportunity in our current system.
0: Yeah. Um, I actually, I did like a, uh, an at home, uh, experiment, uh, just by myself, just for myself over Ooh. the past like month, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, yeah. So I want to say maybe six months ago, um, I had the idea for this experiment, and that was, I, I've always been interested by the, at the idea of yourself, like who are you, who are you now, who were you 10 years ago, are you the same person now as you were when you were 8 years old, and like what links those two people together? Hmm. Um I, just, I always found that fascinating, uh, how we grow and change and still have this base sense of self that links uh, all of our timelines together. Um, so probably six months ago, um, I went into the bathroom and I looked in the mirror, and I just said to myself, like, "This is me. This is who I am right now." And I like described what I looked like. Just uh, I did. I probably did that like three times in a row, just in the mirror. And said, "Remember, remember who you are right now. Just remember." And I just made a point to remember what I looked like and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I, I wrote down like what I said. And then uh, six months later, which was probably like a month ago, I just. I thought back to that time and tried to gauge how much I felt like that same person who said that in the mirror. Like, did my mind interpret that as myself saying that or as my past self saying that? Um, Do you you understand what I'm saying with that? Is that making sense?
1: Um, It's all kind of trippy, but I think so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just basically seeing if I felt like the same person now as I did six months ago. Right. Even though I've gone through more experiences and like my uh, neurons in my brain have died off and restructured and new skin cells have grown and all, all these things that are different in my body, all the cells that have died and all the new ones. So of my consciousness is, you know, is that same thing happening in my consciousness or parts of it continuously dying and being reborn? Or is it just all additive? Uh, just like, yeah, just like a weird just kind of experiment I just wanted to do for myself. As uh, erratic as it may have sounded mm. just now, and I
1: tried to explain it. Not at all. No, I get it. Um, it. It just instantly reminds me of when I used to read Deepak Chopra, and I think I've talked about this with you before. Um, you know, I read Deepak after high school and, and early in college, and you know, I loved him. He's still pretty cool, but pretty... Pretty basic and kind of, kind of funny, kind of a caricature of a spiritual guy, you know, <laughs> but, um, yeah. he had this amazing fucking analogy and that's what he was all about the metaphors. But, um, he would say like, you know, after, you know, your like liver, um, the, the cells in your liver are completely, um, regenerated and new every eight weeks, I think he said, maybe eight, six months, something like that, but the actual cells in your liver, um, have gone away, and, and new ones have replaced them, and, if you look at, like, the atomic level, like, all the carbon atoms, um, and all the cells in your, the stomach lining is, like, a year or two, or whatever, and your bones even is, like, six years, you have fucking completely different cells in your bones, and the, Physical atoms—you don't have any of the same carbon atoms that you had any like ten years ago. Uh, I think nerve endings, yeah. even, uh, I think, are about 10, 12 years. So you're a completely different person, and obviously you've grown. Um, but the blueprint is there, um, which is just fucking magical. <laughs> it really is great to yeah, think it's about. Really
0: Mind blowing. It's
1: insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, who are you? And um, and and the the ghost in the machine was always a great. Analogy, you know, I, I think there's a movie named that now it's Scarlett yeah. Johansson, but I think you saw it. I think, but um, it's it's a great analogy. And and, and Joe Rogan calls uh, our, our human body a meat vehicle. And yeah. um, my friend, uh, my girlfriend Eva, her aunt just died um, very quickly and suddenly, but she was old, but still very close to Eva, and, and so she was shaken up, and her whole family's atheist. And I'm not, I practice Buddhism, but something I believe in is, you know, as you grow, you see that you're the same self, you're the same me, um, you know, when you're six and when you're 12 and, and, and from, you know, six months ago or whatever, and, and you're kind of localized. You have this consciousness that's centralized, um, and we have a refined uh, nervous system so we can, we can really process the the environment around us. And, you know, we're just a tube, um, from mouth to anus, uh, that moves around, but we've developed this like nervous system to, to self identify, you know, it's so highly refined. Um, and, and we, we also like, so we have this refined self awareness and we think that it goes away when we die because we don't have our meat vehicle anymore. Um, and we have no other sensual, sen- sensual evidence that like our, our soul is still around, you know? Um, yeah, but I don't believe that, but see, like that's why I, even though they're atheists, they're still thinking with a Christian mindset. Cause they think that fucking humans are different than every other thing on earth, which is what Christians fucking taught. Humans are special and different than animals. Humans are the same. We've just got this nervous system. So like dogs, You know, you wouldn't deny that a dog has consciousness, right? Yeah. A dog wags its tail, happy, sad, whatever. Um, It's social. It has this life, this soul. So, yeah, we're kind of like dogs. And then dolphins, the same thing, and all mammals. Um, And then even, 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 like, insects and fish. Like, you see they have this, like, energy. And so I don't think our consciousness is emergent. I think it didn't just poof up out of nowhere once humans evolved. I think that's ridiculous. Even though people like Terrence McKenna have the stoned ape theory, like we took mushrooms and it expanded our mind. But, um, yeah, I think it's, we're the, on the same scale as animals. And so if you believe that animals have fucking consciousness, like dogs do, then I think you really need to believe that, that plants and trees do too. And more scientific evidence is showing this. and, and, Deepak Chopra also had this analogy when you have the consciousness of, like, an earthworm. He said, like, close your eyes and think about what it's like to be an earthworm. And he said you would be immensely, infinitely powerful. You would be moving boulders um, with your body. And you'd be, like, careening, pushing through the earth um, kind of majestically. And and you wouldn't have the sensory awareness to know... um, You know, where you were, your relation to everything else, that that fine-tuned self-awareness that we have, it would be more of a base vibrational energy, you know? Um, And so if you believe that worms have it, then I think you have to believe that plants have it. And if you believe that plants have it, then fucking rocks have it too, you know? And if rocks have it, then fucking everything has it. The air, it's in the air. Like, we are so connected to the universe, like our consciousness, to believe that our to believe that our bodies are connected to the universe, but our consciousness isn't to me is weird and, and not valid, you know? And so I believe when you die, you truly do your, your consciousness is dissolved into the universe. And like, I don't think it really goes anywhere. I could be wrong, but I don't believe that like your energy is useless and that it ends at the end of life. Um, and, and so you need to accomplish all this while you're living. Um, you know, I think you're a vibration and you get dissipated out of your body when you die, but I don't think you leave, you know?
0: Yeah, it just goes back into the cycle.
1: Yeah, like before you were born. You go back into that eternal energy, just like the rocks and the trees.
0: Yeah. I mean, you work on electricity. Your brain works on electricity. Your nervous system works on electricity. So, I mean, it just dissipates to the the central background field mm-hmm. of electromagnetic
1: energy. Because we don't have the narrative, like the, the brain, the ticker tape in the brain that just contain the, the inner dialogue or monologue, you know, that just, this is AJ, this is me looking at this, this is me doing the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Be- because that ticker tape fucking ends, that readout, you just assume that all of you ends, that the whole energy, and it's like, not nah, just be like, it's like, oh, oh you, the Grateful Dead song. I love this fucking song. You are the eyes of the world. Um, Keller Williams once sung it at, at the State Theater in State College, and I was tripping, and it fucking just spoke to me. And I'm like, you are the eyes of the world, man. I'm like, fuck, and that's what it means is that we've evolved so much is that, is that God was, was everywhere, and then we've evolved so much that we plopped these eyes out to look at us, to look at ourselves, to look at creation. It's fucking spacey crazy so you are the eyes of the world like we're the manifestation of the universe like we have the gift of of consciousness and reflection and that ticker of narrative but it doesn't mean that we're separate from the universe like we're just we're a part of it you know
0: yeah
1: absolutely mm. um now here's something else that's been creeping in my mind periodically anytime something fun happens or cool or serendipitous, or even something sad, I think, or when we have a stimulating conversation or we talk about political change I'm all about politics and what's going wrong, sometimes I think about like man, this is all just a simulation, and I chose to to run through this simulation um you know decades in the future like i'm I'm it's really twenty ninety or or whatever year it is. And I've put on this VR um, headset with fully sensory integration, and I've I've tapped into my own memories. I th- we may have talked about this on the pod. I used to think that fully integrated sensory VR would mean you could go to the Rome or ancient Egypt, but I, I think you would go back into your own memories, and we'd go back to sophomore year of college. But I'd just fucking live my life over. If you like, yeah, dude, we're gonna be able to live a full lifetime in 20 minutes. So, I'm gonna fucking live this lifetime of a thousand times. It's been fun, right? Yeah. It it's been, been fucking fun. We're gonna do this again, Lee. Like, we're gonna. That's what's cool. Like, I really believe in this simulated reality thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's as viable a solution as anything else.
1: Um, it is the only viable thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's fucking trippy, dude. Um, yeah, I, um, I really think that, that we relive these experiences or that, that in the future we'll have the opportunity to relive these experiences and, and, and it's just going to fold on top of itself. (laughs) It's fucking bizarre. And just live a million lifetimes. Hey, dude. (laughs) Oh man. Any more thoughts on this fucking weird topic?
0: I mean, if we, if we as a species learn how to cheat death, uh, will that somehow unbalance some type of universal thing and cause chaos? I don't
1: know. Maybe. Um, I'm a, I'm an optimist, so... I, well, I also think that once this happens, we'll also have the power to split our consciousness. Like... Being John Malkovich, you know, like live in somebody else's brain, but I think we'd be able to live two brains at once. And I think as oh. soon as that happens, we'll we'll re reframe how we think about death. Like I said, that ticker, that narrative, when all of a sudden he got fucking two of them, then you start to question whether the first one was even valid in the first place, right? Yeah. It's so similar to taking acid. Remember, I mean, you've never taken acid, right? No, never. All right, but you've, t- you've taken mushrooms, yeah? Yeah, a bunch of times. Well, for me with the acid um, or the psychedelics, it's like I, I put on another hat. I put on another consciousness for the day. I took off mine. That's why uh, alcohol is called spirits. They believe that you, your body left you and the, the, the spirit, the god of wine, um, imbibed you. Uh, you were in spirit, inspired. Yeah. But um, but with, with fucking psychedelics, I truly feel like I took off my AJ hat, like the normal perception I had, and I put on another one, and it made me realize that the first AJ hat, that, that normal everyday perception I had, was just as fake as the tripping perception, right? Mm-hmm. So you're like, what the fuck is real? And that's when you have two narratives at once, when we start living two lives at once in that VR then it'll be like, man, I'm not really a fucking person. I'm not really Donald Trump. I'm not really AJ. And so when Donald Trump or some dummy hopefully does this, they'll come out of it being like, I have to stop thinking about myself as stuck in this meat vehicle and stop being so fucking selfish because I can live two lives at once. And and that was double my pleasure, like the Doubleman twins. And like I can spread that to everyone and we can do this very affordably. Um, I think that at this point, he, co- computers will also have consciousness, so they'll be able to figure out complex economic systems really quickly, figure out how we're wasting re- resources. Yeah, we've talked about this.
0: Yeah.
1: So I'm an optimist.
0: I mean, we are, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a new TED Talk on TED.com uh, asking the question, is this our last century? Oh, uh, because shit. of everything that's going on with climate change, and just destroying all the resources and, and refusing to change uh, for political and monetary reasons. So mm-hmm. is this going to be the end? Like, uh, our parents' generation is the first generation that's going to live longer than our generation. Uh, so it is a valid question to ask, I guess.
1: I think that is valid. Um, so earlier you were talking about you know, the three stival and, and, and I asked you how it came together with all the bands and the location. And like you, you said, Pennsylvania and central Pennsylvania is this community or these, these systems of communities where everyone's six degrees away from each other. Everyone knows each other and you help each other. Um, this has to do with a business idea I recently had, um, every day me and a coworker trade business ideas. Um, we try and think of a new one every day. It's a little brain game we do. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I, I made it up because I was bored at work and uh, I like to show off. So one I had – a really good one I had a few days ago is an app where it is um, – it, it's, it's it's a community-building app and it's it's how you find – neighbors and and we, we don't know our neighbors anymore, which sucks and I love knowing my neighbors. and knowing neighbors helps you. Um, when when immigrant communities came here, you know they had to they had to pick themselves up so that the neighborhood was like a very strong aspect right of like the community. And so you'd share resources, you'd share ideas, um, skills, tools, objects, So anyway, my business idea is an app where it's kind of – it's like Uber but for neighbors and Uber but for specific skill sets. So Uber is amateur um, non-professionals non-professionals who who moonlight as semi-professional drivers. So um, my friend Adrian a few days ago loves cars and loves fixing cars and he said, I need to know a Porsche guy. I need to find a Porsche guy out there. Because I know Japanese real well. I know I know Italian cars real well. I need to know German cars. I need a Porsche guy. And I said, see, on this app, you'd be able to fucking find a Porsche guy. And you'd be able to maybe pay him 20 bucks for two hours. Um, you kind of email back and forth. You let him know, like, listen, I need you to come over for two hours. I want you to show me how, to, how the... I don't know anything about fucking cars. So how the gasket show me how the head gasket um how you put one of those on right or or something specific i want to know about the exhaust system the headers you know everything about that the intake can you tell me about the air intake and flow of this car come on over and and, and if you have a porsche you know show me it or um my my coworker andy is really good at gardening and so he's like, dude, I'll fucking show you exactly how to weed out your garden and get it all ready for the spring cuz weeding is a big deal and if you don't if you miss a couple at the beginning, you're going to be fucked all year. So Andy can come over and do that for you for 3 hours and show you. And then it's like, you know, now you know Andy and you got his fucking cell number. Now he's like your friend maybe, you know? Yeah. So that's what's up, bro. People like helping people. Craigslist. Yeah. I, I, you can't really use the word Craigslist. (laughs) They might get mad, but Uh, I think this would be a new social media thing. I think this could be as indispensable as Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Oh, you don't have get it like, Oh yeah. Just, Oh, you need, Oh, you need, and like, you can also rent things for the day. So, Oh, you, you want to play bocce ball? Have you tried? Have you, have you looked it up on get it? And so you just go to get it, and you. I mean
0: that w- that would be great. That would be great to integrate onto Facebook, like how Facebook has like the the community yard sale thing now, where you can see what people around you are selling, which is pretty sweet actually. Um, that right. Would be, like a great, just a, just like a tab on Facebook. Get it. Right. Get they've it. been
1: they've been trying to yeah they've been trying to um, they've been trying to take Craigslist forever, which so many people have. I mean, not buy them. I mean, you yeah. know, compete with them. And it's so funny how people just, no one will ever overtake Craigslist. It's so weird. Their interface is so yeah. old. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't really go to Facebook with this idea. I can't call Jerry Facebook and, um, <laughs> and, and, and have him cut me a check for 200 grand for this idea. So this would be, I think this would yeah. be an Instagram type thing where it's an independent company and it's just a part of your life where you fucking get shit. So, I think that's a great idea.
0: Yeah, I can do the music for the commercial.
1: Love that. I got one more business plan idea.
0: <laughs> you can get it, you can get it, get it.
1: <laughs> it's pretty good. Now, what's the name? Well, I don't, yeah. yeah, but the problem is
0: that's idea number one.
1: The problem is with that one are people going to know the name? <laughs>
0: Get
1: it. Ah yes. Um,
0: you either get it or you don't.
1: What's that name? Monorail. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mono, monorail.
1: All right. Another second business plan idea. This one, Lee, I think this one is is just as good of an idea, but it might be even better because it's easier to implement. All right. Uh-huh. Check this, motherfucker. Um. <laughs> this is, let's say This is my easiest way to explain it Let's say you're hanging out with three of your friends It's four guys And it's a Friday at 6pm And you're like, what should we do tonight? And you don't know what to do um, You get on the app And just like Uber It'll say, AJ, we'll be with you in two minutes And um, do you want to text? Do you want to interface on, on, the, on the web? On the desktop so you can type? Or do you want to talk on the phone? And, um, or do you want to talk through the app? So you pick, yeah, I want to text with AJ. So, all right, AJ will be with you in two minutes. So I text you, hey, what's up, Lee? And you're like, hey, man, there's four of us. Um, you know, we're not, we're not sure what to do tonight. And so I'll be like, I'll be like, all right, well, first of all, if you guys are hungry, um, I have a 7 p.m. reservation for Cholone, which is this new kind of seafood place. It's about $30 an entree. It's fucking awesome. I have a reservation for four. You'll never get in there except for this. Do you guys want that? And you'll be like, all right, yeah, we'll take that. That sounds cool. Or if you're like, ah, it's too pricey, I'll be like, all right, there's this awesome place called Avanti. They have multiple kind of food vendors in this one spot. They have gluten-free stuff. Everything's around 10 to 15 bucks. Start there. Perfect place to go. Dress code is casual. And then... They say okay, cool, and then and then like, what's next? And be like, all right, well, you know, there's an eight pm showing of these movies, um, but but also there's this art gallery that's actually free tonight, um, and it's it's um, or this art museum that's actually free the first Fridays of every month. So you're gonna go here, and then actually there's a karaoke night. So
0: like, lo- like local travel agent.
1: Yeah, it's it's like a concierge service, if you will. If you were at a hotel, you could you could get this kind of concierge service. Okay. Um, when we were, when we had uh, uh, Andrew's bachelor party um, last year in Montreal, we hired a concierge service called Montreal VIP, where the guy actually shows up and he get, gets you to you can cut the line at the hottest club in town. There's an hour wait. He gets you to cut. Um, you get bottle service, um, restaurants. Uh, that that one too. I mean, it's Montreal, so you had fucking hookers and cocaine as well, which is hilarious.
0: Uh, in Canada.
1: Eh? Right. But this is something I can just do in Denver and I could just call it, you know, Denver concierge or whatever and, and print little flyers, put them at dispensaries. And it's just like this. And you, it's just having someone who knows what the fuck is going on in town where you're like, I know what's, I know there's yeah. shit going on, but I don't know what. Yeah,
0: it's personalized. I like it.
1: Yeah, and so like as to have this job, you I, I have friends who can make an iOS app for about $500 for me. And then um, from there, I, I would make like 50 reservations, you know, at various spots around town for various party sizes. And there's plenty of restaurants of various types that don't require um, you to put down a credit card. So you can cancel if you don't fill it. Yeah. And so you just have that. No, Oh, boom, you're going to go here. I got this table for four for you. And, and you're, you're giving them that nice service. Or, yeah, be like, what are you guys into? Or be like, oh, there's a UFC fight or whatever, you know? Um, so so the employee, the, the guy running the business does a couple hours of research every week and three or four hours of, of prep and organization with the reservations. And then you just you go live Thursday, Friday, Saturday.
0: Yeah, that's sweet. I like that.
1: Yeah, so um, so that's it. My my my, friend, uh, my cousin Thomas, always said he would be great at organizing bachelor parties. He was the best at, at from from head to toe, getting everything set up and everyone making sure everyone had a great time, which was so cool. It's a gift, you know. Uh, it's a it takes us. It's a skill. Oh yeah,
0: definitely party planning.
1: That's yes. Planning. And then um, my friend Taylor, who I'm seeing next week, her and her husband had an idea for a date night app or all three of us kind of came up with it together because Taylor always had the best date night ideas. Um, and so we thought of an app that would be like Yelp where you can search by by how much money you want to spend. You could search by, I like indoor cultural activities or I like indoor physical activities. Um, and so it's like that, but just a live interface, you know?
0: Okay, uh, yeah.
1: All right, third business idea, and then I might be done. Do you have a business idea for me?
0: Yeah, I got one. You want to hear it? Yeah. All right, so here's my business idea. It's a little bit simpler. Um, So I work in the service industry as a server. Um, The shifts there, there's a lot of running around. You're always on your feet carrying heavy trays, running back and forth, a lot of footwork. So at the end of the day, you know, you're a little bit sore, so I figure have this traveling massage booth that goes out to the different restaurants, charges a dollar a minute for massages. You know what I mean? You get out of work at, you know, 1030 at night, and you're, you're tired, your back's aching. You got this nice massage booth set up right in the parking lot, dollar a minute. You know, if you made like 200 bucks, you throw 20 out, get a 20-minute massage, and you're good to go. You know what I mean? I feel like that's a, that's a pretty solid business model.
1: Wow. Okay, so, like, the, the the massage therapist would maybe hand out flyers uh, pre-shift, saying, hey, come on out. Um, maybe he's got Yelp reviews or whatever. And then it's, like, a heated tent kind of situation?
0: Yeah, it's, like, very luxurious. Wow. Got some cucumber water going on. Maybe a, a thing of a dispenser of cucumber water, dispenser lemon water, some nice infused...
1: Uh, oils. That's kind of cool. We had a massage, uh, a a massage therapist in our office, uh, on Wednesday or on Tuesday. Um, yeah. giving chair massages for free to employees. So similar. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like that, man. I'll take five massages in a row, please. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My old roommate is a massage therapist, so I should tell him about that idea.
0: Well, he's not so much a massage therapist as he just jerks guys off for money. But, I mean, it's pretty
1: close. Yeah, he's more more of a sex offender, but... (laughs) Yeah, he got caught jerking off in a movie theater. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. But, yeah, that's
0: my my massage
1: uh, idea. I like that, man. I like that a lot. Um... I man, I, I'm such an old man. I will I wake up at like five five AM these days, which I enjoy. Oh yeah? But um yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna yeah, have I like to being up early. Yeah, we're probably gonna have to call it here in a little bit. I could talk to you all night, friend. <laughs> <That's what I'm>... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um so I yeah, I do have one more business idea, I suppose.
0: Okay.
1: So there's really cool bars around around the country. Um, which my the first I experienced was Barcade in Brooklyn. They now have one in Philly. Have you heard of them?
0: Yeah, the arcade in the bar. Yeah, clever name. Right, very clever. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I was gonna call it Video Drinks, <laughs> but <laughs> didn't really work out so well. Um But um, you drunk console booze. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> So they're cool, but they're always fucking seedy. I mean, barcades are pretty classy, I, even as classy as an arcade joint can be. But they always strike me as fucking dirty like our real arcades are. And um, uh, I don't know, like 1UP is here in Denver. It's just a little grungy. It's got a cool vibe to it, but it's whatever. It's, it's a younger crowd, I think nerdy, obviously, but my business idea is a fucking bar with video games, not arcade games, video games, my friend, because I am craving some goddamn GoldenEye fucking fort, multiplayer. You kidding me? I'm, yeah. I'm craving some fucking Mario Kart. I want nothing more than to go with my boys to the fucking bar and fire up some goddamn Mario Kart, right? Oh, yeah. Or Mario Party, or, and, and you can reserve a table. So, oh, I want to reserve the N64 table. It's just loaded with fucking games. Or I want to reserve PlayStation. Or I want to reserve just the, the table that has um, all, like, the trivia games. So, like, I'm coming with my friends. I want to do some trivia. So it's, it's kind of like they have karaoke, Korean karaoke, where they have private rooms. It's kind of like that, but for video games.
0: Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's this whole market because I feel like our, our generation... Uh, like the, the late 1980s on is the first generation that never had to stop playing. Like uh, our parents' generation, like they had wars. Generation before that was, you know, World War II, and they didn't barely had TV. Right. So I mean, our generation, like we grew up with video games, and TV, and just shit to keep us occupied, um, and we never really had to stop doing these things. It was just it's, you have it right in your house. You can always do it whenever you want, anytime you have free time. So I, I just think that's a cool
1: distinction that we have. So like it would be like bowling, I guess, where it's like per like let's say ten dollars per person per hour, right? So table yeah, for table for four, cause it like cause if you want to go alone, cause I would love to go fucking alone on a Tuesday at three when I get off work, I would love to drop down yeah. twenty bucks and fucking play for two hours, or if they gave you a little, awesome. little deal, two and a half hours, like. And then, or maybe you could fucking do the deluxe package where you do, like, an hour at NES. And then they move you to an hour at SNES. And then you go an hour at N64. And then you go to the fucking, like, you know, you just keep progressing. There'd have to be subscription,
0: subscription packages. Like, maybe you pay 100 bucks, and you can go as many times as you want. Yes. Like, a week or something like that. Or yeah, yeah, weeks. yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, especially for a tourist destination, like a city like Philly or Denver. Dude, that'd be huge.
0: Oh man, it'd be like Dave and Buster's but you pay up front.
1: Yeah, because people come to Denver for like a weekend of fun, you know, four twenty fest or Rockies game or hiking.
0: Weed for a long weekend.
1: Well they now have lounges. They have they have fucking the first ever um, like on premise marijuana consumption kind of lounge in Denver. Oh,
0: that's awesome. And it's like I, I thought think that was illegal.
1: No, they just passed the law last year, so you know they passed it in wow. November. The first store just opened up. It's it's gonna be a gross, crowded tourist trap. So like, no no local would ever be caught dead in there. Um, we might yeah. stop in just for the goof, just for the 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 novelty. I definitely want to, yeah. but yeah, it's like it's like twenty dollar cover, I think, which is cool. I mean, it's not cool, but it's it's whatever. It's it's in a touristy area, so and it's the only one, so
0: yeah. It's like a coffee shop.
1: It is, except it's fucking the worst. You're not allowed. There's no fucking food. You're not allowed to get drinks. Like fucking coffee shops in Amsterdam were dope because you, they would sell you. Oh, you're not allowed to buy the weed there, so it's nothing like a coffee shop. <laughs> it's like a coffee wow. shop, except it's, it, like s- it's like a fucking abandoned shack, is what it is.
0: Yeah, just a place where you can go
1: to blaze. Yeah, it's like you may as well be under a fucking bridge. No, but there's yeah, music dude, dude, and couches, you know, and... Um, that would be in my car. I think they... I'm I'm sure they have non-alcoholic drinks, but you can't buy weed. Um, you can't buy edibles. That was what was great about Amsterdam, and you could buy hash, and then, like, you could buy beer at the coffee shop, I think. Yeah, in Amsterdam, you could buy beer, definitely, and you can just hang out. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway. Yep. Um, well, that might be all for tonight. I don't know. What else you got for me?
0: Yeah, we went through a wide variety of
1: topics. Very good variety of topics. I, uh, uh, me likey. Very,
0: very variety
1: of topics. Though. Also, very good variety. Um, <laughs> all right, well. Um. Oh wait! Before we go, Trump. Um. Fucking. Who knows in the in history where this podcast will stand in terms of like yeah Trump got impeached. Uh, a year later, or no? Trump became. Um, you know the the person who ended Emperor. humanity, yeah <laughs> so it yeah. could go either way, but he's Emperor. at he's at the u n and he just like he literally shoved aside this other prime minister and then like got to the front of the line and had like the smuggest look on his face it was it was pretty funny <laughs> oh my God, it was
0: crazy.
1: really my favorite thing ever yeah you see
0: the picture with the Pope
1: They're all dressed in black um I did see the picture with the Pope where like the Pope is just not happy at all. Pretty funny. He just
0: looks like a disappointed father whose kid just got caught, like, fucking a male stripper.
1: <laughs> that, was, that was weird. Fucking a male yeah. stripper.
0: Uh, what, what just happened?
1: Yeah, the new Pope's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, the new Pope uh, gave... The new Pope... I just stop calling him, The young Pope... Um, the Pope gave him two th- two gifts. G- he gave Trump two gifts. One of them was a letter he wrote in two thousand fifteen about climate change and how important it is. And yep. the other one was like this this like um, this essay or something. He won an award or no? It was like a book he wrote that was all about how or no? It was a, it was a transcript of a of a speech he gave about how peace is the most important thing and it's the new diplomacy for the 21st century. It should be seeking peace. Uh, and it was just really funny how like he, he was just sending sending Obama, I mean um, Trump, oh please Obama, sending Trump just like the most over-the-top blatant message, like you're the worst.
0: Yeah, he's, he's pretty fly for a
1: white guy. Yeah, he came about it, he came about it, he came out at, at the right way.
0: Yeah.
1: Not condescending, very earnest and straightforward. So.
0: So here's my notes. Uh, you can save it through yours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just read from this. Just read what I wrote.
0: Yeah, you'll be fine. Just re- read exactly what
1: I wrote. Here. <laughs> oh boy. Well. We're all oh. we're all fucking doomed. But it's all right. It's good simulation.
0: What can you do? It well, seems unnecessary.
1: It was unnecessary. What we can do is we can talk about it next week if we're still here.
0: Deal.
1: <laughs> All right, cowboy. <laughs> All right, sweet boy. You have a good night. Well, we're gonna stay on the horn. We're gonna we're, we're gonna let the we're gonna let the listeners go if you wanna wish the, the listener all the sweet boys out there, including um John Butler, you know, a, a nice night. You know, nighty o nighty night. Or whenever, it could be good morning. Oh. You know, people listen to this at all different times.
0: Should I give us some outro music? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very nice. I forget what um that's the uh, Leave It to Beaver. Or no 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 that's um that the Andy Griffith show. What the fuck is that? Da-da-da. Something something
0: like that.
1: Oh god, I'm gonna kick myself. Oh well. Oh, well.
0: Copyright infringement, that's what it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're gonna get the call. No, this is gonna be copyright infringement, our outro music right here.
0: Take this damn podcast off the air. <laughs>
1: Who was that? Was that Vince McMahon? You're fired! (laughs) Alright, now this will be copyright infringement. We're going to do the outro. This is Eric Hutchinson. So, that was the Unnecessary Podcast. We'll see you next time.